Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is going to be a great night. You know, I prayed because we're... Can you put it down over there? Thanks, Mark. I prayed that God would send the people that he wanted here because it's baptism of the Holy Spirit night and there's a lot of uh, craziness out there with that. So I was praying that God would just send the people that he wanted to learn what is going to be taught tonight. I want to tell you what the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't just speaking in tongues. It's like when someone says, I got a new car. 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 And you never see them driving the car. The proof of them having a new car is they show you the car that they have, right? Well, I believe the proof of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the proofs is the initial evidence of speaking with tongues. But I don't believe that's the power that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. This is what was going on. Jesus comes and he says, the things that I've told you, you can't yet understand. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. And I pray that you would come in a mighty way tonight, Lord. We're praying that we would learn some things about you, Holy Spirit, that we didn't know before. Things that you want us to do. Things that you've called us to be. Things that you've empowered us to see. And God, I pray that you would be able to explain to us tonight what's going on. <coughs> Hallelujah. You know, the Lord, Jesus says uh, that he, in Joel, it says that he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Jesus says, the things I told you, you can't handle. You, you can't understand them right now. So why couldn't Jesus, who was filled with the Holy Spirit, get us filled with the Holy Spirit or get his disciples You'd think he'd fill his disciples with the Holy Spirit. They couldn't understand the thing that was going on. A woman comes, touches the hem of Jesus' garment, and uh, he says, who touched me? And the disciples say, what are you talking about? Everybody touched you. And Jesus just ignores them. How many times did Jesus, do you read the Bible and you see Jesus just ignoring his disciples because they were not heavenly-minded? They were still worldly-minded. They were still looking to the world to bless them, and the world was blessing them the way the world blesses you, which is totally ungodly. And Jesus made statements to them, get ye behind me, Satan. He made uh, statements to them that were just insulting and embarrassing, but he was saying, you just can't get it now. Then all of a sudden, in the upper room, something fabulous happens, and boom, these guys that are running from their li for their lives are no longer running. What's going on? Well, it really started when Jesus died. And when Jesus comes out of the tomb and appears to Mary. Why did he appear to Mary? Why didn't he appear to his disciples first? Because those were the likely ones that he was going to appear to. So he appears to Mary. Why? What's the message that he's trying to get to us? The message he's trying to get to us is this. Grace has arrived. He goes out and he touches, or Mary goes to cling to him, and he says, Mary, touch me not. But she hears a voice. 
perceiving him to be the gardener, she hears a voice and recognizes that voice. And something inside of her quickened her to tell her that's Jesus. And she said, Rabbi, what's going on there? Then, uh, like I said in Joel, it says in the last days he's going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. Well, the last days was when Jesus rose from the dead because it started a whole new dispensation. So the last days began when Jesus died. He can't send the Holy Spirit. Why can't he send the Holy Spirit? Because if he sends the Holy Spirit while he's still alive, the Holy Spirit leads us as he did Jesus on the way to the cross. But God didn't want to lead us on the way to the cross. He wanted to lead us into the resurrection life that the Holy Spirit could enable and could fill a person's heart. And the power of Almighty God would be available to come on a person in a way that can change not only the person, but the world that the person is living in. There's a corporate anointing of the Holy Spirit and there's a private anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is what it says in the book of Isaiah. Can you put that up? Who's ever up there? I can't. Oh, there's stuff. Isaiah in chapter 64. And I heard a couple of verses that this preacher was saying and I said, those verses will work perfectly. Listen to this. Uh, Isaiah 64 verses 1 to three, I believe. Not 63, but 64. Mm -hmm. I could give you a little part of it and I could start explaining and then we'll see it. The, uh, it says to rend the heavens and come down. And I've heard this spoken about with revival and time after time, it's talking about in Isaiah that a time was gonna come where God was going to rend the heavens. Jesus is going to get baptized. You gotta pay attention, guys. If you're tired, you know what? Why don't everybody just stand up for a second? Why don't you stretch, run around the church, jump off the balcony, do whatever you need to do. Do whatever you need to do to be awake for what we're gonna talk about. If you need to greet somebody, greet somebody. Whatever you need to do to stay awake. Okay, here we go. Okay, can you go to uh, verse 1? So he says this. He says, Rah. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. Please go on. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Okay, that's all I need. I want to combine this with two other portions of scripture and then I'm going to explain what I'm talking about.
Can you go to the baptism of Jesus? I think that's in Mark 1 or... Yeah, I think it's in Mark 1. Is that what I gave you? In Mark chapter 1? Okay. Okay. That's Acts chapter 1. All right, why don't I just do it from memory? Okay, in the baptism, when Jesus was baptized, uh, he, he comes uh, forward and uh, John the Baptist is baptizing people in the Jordan. And he said, one is coming after me that I'm not worthy to baptize. And Jesus comes on the scene and all of a sudden, Jesus gets baptized. And when Jesus get ba gets baptized, what happened? Do you remember it says that the heavens opened and a spirit or a dove came down and a voice out of heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the spirit, it says in John, it says in the book of John that the spirit descended and rested on Jesus and remained with Jesus. So we got this. We got the verse in Isaiah that talks about render heavens and all of a sudden the heavens open up when Jesus gets baptized. And then in the book of Matthew you see when Jesus gets crucified and when he dies that what happens? It says that there's a great earthquake and it says that the rocks are busted in half. So what's going on? This is what's happening. It's the fulfillment of the scripture and the coming of the Holy Spirit. This is what happens. Rend the heavens and come down. That uh, breaking of the rocks when the heavens opened, when Jesus was being crucified, was the fulfillment of that. The heavens were ripped open and it was a violent, violent earthquake that took, that took part. It was a splitting of the rocks. So what was going on there was this, that the heavens was being torn open. And what was coming down upon Jesus was the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was ready for ministry. And then Jesus dies and this baptism, this, this crashing comes out of the sky. The rocks start exploding all over the place. And it's a hostile takeover. This is what begins to happen. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, that he was going to pour his spirit out upon all flesh. It was said in Joel, but it was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And what begins to happen is the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. We saw it. And you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the othermost parts of the earth. What happens is, is the heaven was torn open for Jesus. It was also torn open for us when the Holy Spirit came down in the upper room and rested his tongues of cloven fire on people. And the heavens were open, and there is an open heaven till today. The Holy Spirit came down to live inside of his people. The heavens were ripped open. There's an open heaven. 
Paul talked about a third heaven. There was a first heaven and a second heaven. And the second heaven is where all the demons and the angels live. And when that sky, when that heaven was rent, a violent takeover took place and the Holy Spirit came down to this planet. The Holy Spirit could not be here when Jesus was here. He was in Jesus, but he could not be poured out until after the resurrection. And after the resurrection comes, the Holy Spirit gets poured out. We live under an open heaven and the power of God is unlimited in our lives. When the Holy Spirit comes to live upon us, he doesn't come to live upon us just to give us some words in another language. That's part of it. But that's not the power that he comes with. The power of the Holy Ghost is the power to do everything you will ever need to be done in your life. Anything you will ever need to be done comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's not water baptism. It's not going down into the waters and coming up. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you receive the power of God to live an overcoming Christian life. He comes to encourage you. He comes to convict you. He comes to show you the will of the Father. He comes to speak to you about the mind of Christ. He comes to communicate with you. He comes to lead you, guide you, direct you. He comes to empower you so that the world around you can change. And God takes a person like you and a person like me and he dusts us off so he could use us. And the power of Almighty God rests upon a person, upon a person like you and upon a person like me. And he comes to empower us and to do things in your life that you never thought were possible. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the five-fold ministry. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has been made available to every person who wants to receive the power of Almighty God to live an overcoming Christian life. I know a lot of people that have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and live like they're living for the devil. I don't know if they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if they had an experience. A lot of times when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you know when you hear a word and you walk out of the church and you're empowered, you feel like you can conquer the world. That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a visitation from the Holy Spirit. And that is good for a time. But unless something else happens, that's not enough to sustain you. That's not enough to sustain you. I see this in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, it talks about the Holy Ghost coming upon you. Then it says, do not leave Jerusalem, Jesus said, until you are empowered with the Holy Ghost. So they go into the upper room. These men that were unlearned, they didn't know anything. Every time Jesus spoke to them, it went way over their head. All of a sudden, they start getting revelation of what Jesus was speaking about all those three and a half years that they were with him. Why didn't Jesus appear to the 11? Why didn't he baptize the 11? The 11 were not ready to handle what God was about to do until Jesus died. Jesus died, Holy Spirit comes. 
Holy Spirit meets them in the upper room and then they leave the upper room and they come out and they never were confused again. They come out, they get empowered by the Holy Spirit. They are speaking the things of God in front of the very men that were going to kill him. The very men that they were running from. They denied Jesus. Every single one of those men denied Jesus except John. He was the only one who was at the cross. Every one of them were running for their lives. They never again denied Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was upon them. He baptized them. He empowered them. He was using them. He supercharged them. And he wants to do the same thing for us. When we receive the power of God, we receive the power of God not to walk around. No, you got to know who you are in Christ. This is, let me tell you, in Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, they come out, they lead 5,000 people to Jesus at one time. They do it again and lead 3,000 people to Jesus another time. That's in Acts chapter 2. And then in Acts chapter 4, something else happens. It says that they were all filled again. I'm just going to give you a second with that one. Because those who are deep in the Lord are going to really get a little confused with that. But I'm not saying it. That's what the Word of God says. Read Acts chapter 4 when you get home tonight. It says, and everybody there, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, a lot of them were filled with the Holy Spirit already. So what does that mean? Does the Holy Spirit leak out? This is what I want to tell you. The Holy Spirit inside of you, you can impart when Jesus, when that lady touched the hem of Jesus' garment, what did he say? Power left me. What I'm telling you tonight is that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you because he was trying to give us a clue that it is so vitally important to speak in tongues. It's so vitally important to charge your batteries. It's so, vi it's so vitally important to get touched by God continuously each and every day because unless you are, you will not be able to live for God. What we're doing is we're incorporating Christianity into a, a ninja thing that speeds up and mixes everything around. You got the, the Holy Spirit in there. You got the world in there. You got God. You got uh, your thoughts in there. You got the devil in there. And you shake it up and throw it out and glory to the Holy God. And you're totally confused in your walk with God. We got so many immature Christians out there that think they're so deep and they break every principle of God and they think, oh, glory to God, I'm filled, I'm good, everything's good. And it's not true, my friends. You cannot go around breaking every principle of God and think God is pleased and blessed with your life. It doesn't work that way. 
We are raising up a bunch of immature children that are thinking they're working with their mommy and daddy that they were living with on this side before they were Christians and they can manipulate and con their daddy and mommy and they think they could do the same thing to Jesus. It's not happening. If you see you're stuck in neutral or reverse for the last 15 years of your life, nobody'd admit that because everybody thinks they're so deep in Jesus. But what I see in my word, I don't see too many people living that. I see people still compromising all over the place, thinking God is going to bless them. And then when God doesn't bless them, they blame the pastor and they're in their next church. And the same thing happens and they leave that church and they're in the next church. And I'm not trying to beat anybody up. What I'm trying to say is this. Unless you grow up and unless you learn that the things the disciples learned even when they walked with Jesus, they did not understand until the Holy Spirit came upon them. And when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they were never again confused. You had an issue with Paul and Peter where he was hanging out with the Jews and Paul came and rebuked him and you had some corrections that still need to be done just like needs to be done in our life. I'm not talking about sinlessness, but what I'm talking about is this, and please hear what I'm about to say. I'm not talking about sinlessness, I'm talking about this. If you think, and I was speaking to someone last week and they said to me, well, Pastor Henry, the only time you can get free from sin is when you die. If that's true, then sin, I mean, then death is your savior. If the only time you can get free from sin is when you die, then your savior is death. Let me tell you when you had the ability to get free from sin, when Jesus died. Because he died once for all. And for this reason did he come to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8. This is why the Son of God was manifested, to destroy the works of the devil. So he comes. He destroys the works of the devil. And the reason why he's our savior is because he empowered us never to sin again. If you raised your eyebrow to that, then you're the person I'm speaking to because death is your savior. If you think the only time you can get free from sin is when you die, you're misinterpreting the word of God. You get free from sin when you get saved. And then you start operating in that. How do you do that? I played video games maybe three times in my life. My nephew made me play one time and destroyed me. It took me five minutes to get destroyed. It took him an hour and a half. So I'm waiting and I'm seeing he goes into these secret places that he can't see anything. And he chews up that, that uh, thing over there and he gets uh, some kind of a bonus. You can't even see the thing. And he knows it's there and he chews it up and chews it up. 
Well, the Holy Spirit, some of us don't even recognize, he's really there. He's really living inside of us. This powerhouse is living inside of us who has the mind of Christ, who knows the will of God, who directs us to take every step that we need to take, and we can't get victory. That's impossible, and it's ridiculous. Because obviously we could get victory. He already gave us the victory. He came to enforce and to fulfill the law. That's why Holy Spirit could not have come until Jesus was resurrected. It says in the Bible this. I'm going to kind of cut that there. But it says in the Bible this. You have been endured with power. And the power that you have is to live a life that so shows God, not you. You know, John the Baptist prayed that we could decrease so he can increase. That was a great prayer when John the Baptist walked this earth. And I've used that prayer many a times. But the truth of the matter is this, we got to increase in order for him to increase in us. Amen. Think that through. John the Baptist said it, John the Baptist was Old Testament. Holy Spirit inside of us is supposed to be ruling our life, demanding, making demands on our lives, and us saying, yes, God, and taking a step for him. If that's happening, we're not fulfilling our desires, we're fulfilling his desires. And when he comes and empowers us, he empowers us that his will be done. Not that our will be done. We live our lives under an open heaven. And when we violate the principles of God, it's almost like we're closing heaven up. But as we continue to live in victory, we're living under a bigger and a bigger and a more exposed heaven where we have access 24 hours a day to God. If we really wanted God in our lives more than anything, why aren't we spending time with the Holy Spirit locked up in our rooms, being endured with power, more and more and more power, not so we would be powerhouses, so that God could be seen. God is the powerhouse that chose us for the Holy Spirit to live inside of so that power, the power of Almighty God could be displayed through us. How does a man's handkerchief, how does a man's shadow, how does a man's robe heal people? It's impossible, it's just a robe. It's just toilet paper. How does that happen? Because the person who's really walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, everything they walk in has power. Everything they touch has got to change something. Every place they go, Everyone they spoke to, you know, I love fooling around, 
But I get more and more and more and more convicted about it because there's so many people going to hell. And I don't want to do that anymore. I like to have fun, but you know what? The power of Almighty God is available. And I believe there's an infilling, there's a baptism, and then there's a greater infilling and a greater infilling and more and more and more and more and more of the Holy Spirit available to us as much as we want of him. He will make himself real to his people. I believe that we have got, we're just so limited in what we do and what we believe. And I'm not excluding myself from that. What I'm saying is we're so limited, but there's so much more than we could experience what we keep doing, my friends, my beloved friends, brothers and sisters, is we keep limiting ourselves because this has got to be what's happening. It's the only explanation that we keep comparing ourselves to the person next to us and we sit next to the person we're doing a little bit better than. This way we don't ever get challenged to come deeper, to go up higher. We can remain the same forever because the person we're sitting next to is not doing as well as me. So therefore, I look better than them. Holy Spirit's more powerful in my life, and we trick ourselves into believing we're okay. We got enough. That's all we need. I got enough power. Yes, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I received the power of God, and I received the power of God, and I received the power of God. And then there's no more power of God. What's going on? What's going on in the body of Christ? You know what? I was watching some kids, uh, the millennials, love those millennials. I was watching, I was watching them and they're singing and they're singing their hearts out. And I have made this statement at least 10 times in my life. If it was the Pittsburgh Steelers, they'd have half their bodies yellow and half their bodies black and they'd be screaming. You know what? That's exactly what these kids today are doing. Them praising and worshiping the Lord is the same as screaming in a Pittsburgh Steeler game. They're screaming out to Jesus. I will never be critical about that ever, ever again. They're screaming out to Jesus while we're raising two fingers and looking, who's looking at me? Three fingers the next week. A whole hand two weeks later. Then we're raising both hands. Then we go on the kneelers and then we stand up. And then we're embarrassed because who's looking at me? Nobody. Nobody's looking at you. Because if you're really caught up in worship, you could care less about what anybody else is doing. I heard some people, some of these kids, just screaming at the top of their lungs for Jesus. And you don't have to do that. Some of you are not screamers. But this is what you need to do. You need to recognize that God is living inside of you. 
and the power to do anything that God can do has been placed inside of every single one of us. Whether we use it or not is up to us. But the Holy Spirit comes upon a person to empower that person so that they can not only live an overcoming Christian life, they can live a life that when they walk into a room, people's hair starts to blow. They feel when you walk past them, what just happened? What just happened? There's something different about that person. What's going on here? Is there something different in your life that you've, and I'm talking to everybody in here, because I know most of you, and I don't see it in anybody's life in here. I know the Holy Spirit is powerful, but I don't see the power that God wants to put on people's lives being used properly in this room or from the people here. In fact, I don't see it in most of the churches I've ever been to. I just see people that come to church and want to love God, and I'm not beating you up. I just want to create a hunger inside of you that there's more and more and more, and then when you think you have enough, there's more and more and more, and when you get tired of seeking God, there's more and more and more, and there's fire and fire and fire and fire that God wants to infuse you and fill you, overpour out from your innermost being shall flow rivers. What does that mean? It's a river. It's something that's flowing. It's not something that's stagnant. It's not the Dead Sea. It's a river that is constantly going from your innermost being onto anybody you come in contact with, every single person that does not know Jesus and most of the ones that do know Jesus need a touch from God. Every day need to be empowered. Need to stop violating principles. You can't violate principles without the Holy Spirit. You can't live for God without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You'll be wishy-washy for the rest of your life. You have got to open up your heart and constantly, constantly, constantly go to God to fill you up. And you got to increase so God, the Holy Spirit, can increase in you. Otherwise, if you continue to decrease and decrease, and I know what it means, I need to decrease so he can increase, and that's what I'm saying. But the only way to increase, or the only way to decrease, is that he gets bigger in you. And the only way that can happen is when you seek him more. And as you seek him more, not only does he get bigger and bigger in you, the space that he occupies has got to expand because he's too big for the place he occupied yesterday. So you got to get bigger and bigger and bigger also as he gets bigger and bigger and bigger in you. So as that's happening, you need to decrease. He needs to decrease in you that power that out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That river 
It talks about in the book of Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 47. It's a river that every place the river touches brings life. And Holy Spirit inside of you is not only looking for you to implode, he's looking for you to explode. And not only does a revival take place in your heart, it takes place every place you go. And when that begins to happen, my friend, that's when you're walking and really doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. I believe we need to constantly fill up with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what I want to do. I want to just give you a small teaching on the Holy Spirit. I have uh, been ministering the Holy Spirit forever, for probably two and a half decades. And uh, yeah, maybe three decades. And what I've seen is this. I'm going to give you a couple of experiences. Just I'm going to go to two different extremes. I had a friend named Charles Edwards. I finally remembered his last name. He was my prayer partner in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And, uh, and I would pray for Charles to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he had one word. Well, I don't know if it was one word or two words. The word was Sheba. I don't know if that's one word or two words. But he would say this. He would be next to me, and I'd be praying, and he'd be praying right next to me. We were almost touching shoulders. And he's saying, Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. And after a while, I'm next to him praying, God, please give him a better language. Please give him more words. Please give him more words. I'm not saying that to make fun. I'm saying that to say, we're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight. And God may give you one word. And then there's the guy, a guy named Jules Ponterio. Anybody know Jules? He's from around here. Yeah. Jules got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he had to call off from work the next day because he couldn't shut it off. It just kept coming out of him and coming out of him and coming out of him. Ask him, those that raise their hand that knows him, ask him to verify what I'm saying. He had to call off from work. So there's one word. When I got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I was on a line and uh, I walked off the line because I didn't like what was happening at a full gospel businessmen's meeting. So I went to uh, my room at night. I was in Teen Challenge. I was on the top bunk. I had one of those little lights that you clip onto your bed. And I was reading this book. I won't tell you the name of the book because that wasn't important. What was important was this. All of a sudden, I felt a bubbling. And you may not feel anything. Coming like swallowing an Alka-Seltzer and seeing it fizz. Well, that's what I felt going on in my esophagus or in my chest. And I felt that bubbling and it came up and out of my mouth came this language. And I was probably speaking 20 words, 10 words. This is what the Bible says, and many people are out there saying that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that that was languages like Greek, uh, Irish, Italian, and I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I was in a meeting once where this guy uh, spoke a language, and then a man came over to him, he was speaking in tongues, a message, and a man came over to him afterwards and said to him, uh, I didn't know you knew French. And he said, that was perfect French. He said, I don't know French. I never spoke in French. I heard a story about a man who spoke Chinese in a meeting and gave a long message in Chinese. And a guy came over to him afterwards and said, you spoke perfect Mandarin. He said, I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> so I believe it is a language, but I also believe this. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says, whether I speak in tongues of men, Italian, French, Dutch, or in tongues of angels. What do you do with that? Do you just dismiss it and whether I speak in tongues of men or tongues of angels and go past it? Why don't you just think about that for a moment? What are the tongues of angels? The tongues of angels is obviously a heavenly language. Now, Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. There's an empowerment that takes place. It's like a being on a diet and not eating, and then all of a sudden you eat and you feel empowered. Or I know when I went on a 10-day fast, I didn't eat or drink. And I was, I'm sorry, I didn't eat, I did drink. And uh, drank water. And I was empowered when I was on the fast also. But the power can come when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. When, you, when we lay hands on you tonight, if you want to come up for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we're going to lay hands on you tonight, and you're going to receive. Because this is what the Scripture says. People said that, uh, people say, I uh, never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God didn't want me to receive it if I didn't get it. Well, what do you do with this scripture? Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 and 17 says that, and these signs will follow all those who believe. Are you a believer? Okay, if you're a believer, I'm going to use my name. And these signs shall follow Henry in my name you will cast out demons. In my name, you will speak with other tongues. In my name, you'll pick up a serpent and it will no, by no means hurt you. That we could do anything in the name of God, cast out demons. We can live for God in a way we never did. The empowerment of the Holy Ghost is here tonight. I've been praying for two weeks for this, and we were praying about this inside. So I believe this, people say, you know what, God didn't want me to receive, well these signs shall follow all believers. You will speak with new tongues. If that's true, then does God want you to speak with new tongues? Okay, let's do it again. <laughs> and these signs will follow all of those who believe. This is important, guys. Are you a believer? Yes. Okay, then these signs shall follow you. Yes. Is that safe to say? Am I taking that out of context? I don't think so. And these signs shall follow you. You will speak with new tongues. And they may be a language you've never spoken before. It might be Italian. It might not be. But this is what's going to happen. You're definitely going to get a supernatural impartation. And the Holy Spirit is going to baptize you and fill you with power. I don't know how he's going to do it or what he's going to do. All I know is this. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 
I'm going to give you some instruction as you come up here. And then I'm going to do a call for those. In fact, the people that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, with the initial evidence of speaking in tongues, you could come up and stand on your right, my left. The people who need and new infilling of the Holy Spirit, make a line and come and stand on my right, your left. Because I believe that God is going to do something supernatural. Don't let this freak you out. If God, how many in here know that God only has your best intentions in mind? Okay, can I see the hands of those who don't believe that? Okay, so those, the rest are just tired, but everybody in there basically believes that. Okay, so if you believe that, that God has his best intentions for you, then you got to know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, is not meant to confuse you, hurt you in any way. It's meant to empower you. Glory to God. So God has your best interest in heart. I would like to ask you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, who here would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Okay, why don't you get up out of your seat? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. If you don't understand it, it's okay. If I told you God had a, a, a spaceship for you and you didn't understand where that spaceship was going to take you, would you still want it? Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. That's the way the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. If you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, please come up on this side. If you need to be touched a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, please come up and stay on my right side. Pastor Albert, can I have you up here? And Dale is working with us tonight. Dale, can you stand up? I asked Dale to go through the seats uh, he's going to come up here and play, pray with us, and then he's going to go through the seats and see if God leads him to any one of you. And if he does, just receive. Let him pray for you and you'll receive something. Are you on the right side? Do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You speak in tongues already? Okay, anybody over here, do you speak in tongues already? Everybody over here should speak in tongues already. Okay, is anybody, anybody over here who doesn't? Okay. This is your night. Glory to God. Okay. All right. You got oil? Okay. Why don't you anoint everybody with oil? And uh, I don't think that's vitally important, but let's do it anyway. This is your night. Squirt. Glory to God. You scared? What is what is your son's name? Hey Al, you want to come up? You sure? Dale's gonna meet you in your seat. Okay, this is what I want you guys to do. We're going to raise our hands and we're just going to praise God in English. No, just glory to your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, God. 
and then I'm going to say that's it. And I don't want you to say another word in English. Best Elba, can you come over here? We have a lot of women over here. Okay, I don't want you to say another word in English. We're going to have some people wandering back and forth that are going to be speaking in tongues just to release the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then when I say don't talk anymore, God is going, the guys are going to come over and just put their hands on your throat and God is going to fill you with some words and you're going to have to say them. I don't care if it's one word or a hundred words, God is going to do it because it's a gift. The Holy Spirit is a free gift. God's got a gift for you tonight. So I want you to take advantage of that gift. Ready? Okay. Just wait a second. Why don't you stop praising God in English? Balbona? Balbona, I need you over here. I want you to touch some of the ladies' throats when I say no more. Okay. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody get into worship. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your precious name. Okay, don't say another word in English. We're going to touch you and you're going to start speaking in tongues almost immediately. Go ahead, guys. We don't need to touch you. Just start speaking in tongues. Close your eyes to the Lord. Raise your hands and release that heavenly language. Go ahead. That's it. That's it. Just keep speaking. That's it. You got it. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Noel. Go ahead. Release your tongue. Release. There it is. Just keep going. Okay, release your tongue. Release your tongue. God, put something in your mouth. Release your tongue. Al. Alba. Help her to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Go ahead. Go ahead. You got it. Praise God. You'll get it. You'll get it. Don't be discouraged. You'll get it. You'll get it. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going, Maggie. You got it. You got it. Hallelujah. George, you got to open your mouth. You got to open your mouth and speak out. Let me shut this thing. Go ahead, Noel. You got it. I got it. Go ahead, guys. Just Father, fill them, God. Fill them, Lord. Just pour out of your spirit. Pour out of water from your innermost being, rivers of living water from your innermost being. God, baptize them fresh. 
Baptize them new. Baptize them with power in Jesus' name. Baptize them with power in Jesus' name.